What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 119. I'm starting to lose track, so it's good we're getting into a new first digit 120. It'll be easier to remember. That's going to help me out a lot. That's good. Uh, how you doing, Ben? I'm good. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Excited about today's episode. Got some fun topics to cover. First of all, though, it, lo- it looks like you might be proven wrong. Why is that? Well, you've said from the beginning that you did not think the baseball season would start on time. However, right. you know, pitchers and catchers reported spring training was, you know, the, the practice portion of spring training was occurring. They've actually started playing some games this past week. Every game, every game, <laughs> every team has uh, between two and three games under their belt right now. Uh, there actually are some fans allowed, spaced out, of course. Um, I mean, it, it looks like this thing is going to start on time and we're going to have a full season. Uh, no issues with, you know, uh, fans or players getting sick to this point. And they've been down there for a few weeks now. So that's good. Uh, what do you think? Do you, do you think you might have maybe jumped the gun on the negativity? Understandably so. You know, not not trying to totally blow up your spot here. Uh, or do you think something's still going to happen? I mean, the, the, my biggest issue is always the same thing. It's money. That's, that's what stopped it last year. Sure. Um, so I think... I think until they really get going, I'm still going to sit on my side of the fence and to think that there's there's something that's going to happen in the 11th hour that's going to screw things up, whether it be Tony Clark or Rob Manford. I mean, <laughs> they can almost never yeah. fail to disappoint when it comes to having money issues. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit it. But I just – Come to that 11th hour, there might be something that happens that, you know, Tony Clark wants this and, and the, the teams want that. And, and it could put, a, put the brakes on the season. But I'm hoping not. I'm hoping they can get past it. Because realistically, if they can get past this, then, then, then there's positivity towards the CBA that's going to need to be signed by the beginning, uh, before the uh, beginning of next year. So that's what I'm hoping for. I certainly cannot blame you for touting the ineptitude of uh, Rob Manfred or Tony Clark, or should I say their ability to screw things up when there's nothing to screw up. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it is very possible that that scenario happens where one of them just, at the 11th hour, tries pulling a fast one over the other side and something happens. I, I don't think so at this point, only because if it does, both sides stand to lose a lot of money. And neither side wants to do that, especially after they probably – they all claim they took a massive hit last year. I'm not their accountant. I don't know. I tend to think they'll all be okay in the long run. Uh, they might have their their savings down to nine digits instead of ten, but they'll be okay. They'll pull through. We'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> but uh, and in all seriousness, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, and I don't want that to come off like, uh, oh, Ben's wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy calling out Ben when he's wrong. But that was more or less of a. Can you see a scenario? Because where I'm sitting, from where I'm sitting, uh, I think it's going to start on time. Now, what happens during the season, who knows? Uh, but I think 
uh, you know, whatever you do or don't think of the vaccine, it's not what it's about. But I think with with that and hopefully lessons learned from last season, we're going to be able to start to get back to a more more of a sense of normalcy. I hope. Uh, yeah, and, I just it's just it's just about the money. I I, yeah. I never thought, even through last year's uh, trials and tribulations of you know virus popping here, there, everywhere. It's like, understandably, we had concerns and we thought you know at any given time it was going to end. This year is totally about what last year was about in the beginning. It's just money. It's like right. I understand they lost money. It's a business. We. We all understand, even though it's a sport uh, where you throw a ball and you hit it with a stick, it is still a business. It's an industry. Uh, people's li- livelihoods are at stake here, not just the players, front office, sure, people at the stadiums. Yeah, concession stand workers, yeah, parking lot attendants, everything. Right, and, and that's what it comes down to, and I think that's the most important thing um, we have to indicate – that the players and the teams need to understand. We know that they deserve to get paid what they get paid for the performance on the field. And the owners want what the owners want for their money. But sometimes you have to, you have to give a little in a, a situation like we're in and understand that there are other people that, that need this, that don't have that luxury that you guys have. And I think that's what that's what I'm most concerned about when I when I bring up this topic of are they going to start on time? It's just that that's what it is. Yeah, I think and we're going to move on. Like I said, we're not going to dwell on this for too long. But I, I think earlier, before spring training started, before pitchers and catchers reported, you had the owners sending in a, a, a proposal to MLB Players Association for a shortened season. It was only like. I don't know, like 8, 10, 12 games less for whatever reason. And they wanted to start it later and have it end later. And they shot that down. They said they're not having it. They want a regular season. Start on time, end on time, normal games. Uh, so obviously there's protocols in there in place in case, you know, there would be an outbreak or something during the season on a team. But as far as the actual games go, I think they're going to plan uh, an attempt to get this done on a regular schedule time. So... Let's hope so. Um, for the sake of a little bit of normalcy. I know we had baseball last year, but it was so weird. It just wasn't the same. All right. From one players association that likes to screw things up to another meddling players association. Uh, NFL Players Association Executive Director Demoris Smith uh, apparently is all in for <laughs> player agents colluding with one another to make sure teams are not trying to undercut uh, the, the players on contracts or they're not releasing players due to the, the uh, lowered salary cap. Uh, so basically, he's trying to make sure that what you and I have been talking about will happen for the last, I don't know, six months doesn't happen. Um, to be very clear, uh, there's rules against uh, teams tampering including. There are no rules against players or non-team, uh, non-team employees sharing information. So the word is collusion, which has an ugly connotation to it. But 
that is not nearly as nefarious as it sounds in this context. I do think Demora Smith, as he usually could, should have chosen a better term for it because it's just going to look ugly out of the gate because it's the word collusion. Uh, but what he's asking them to do is not a violation of any rule. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, you first sent me that headline, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, of course he did. Why would he not? Why would he not? Because, you know, uh, the one league that – actually, you know, NHL actually even did pretty well, too. Uh, baseball had some problems. Uh, and NBA had the bubble, and they once they got all that figured out, they were good. But the one league that seemed to kind of have things just kind of go – and they just adjust on the fly better than almost anybody. Why not add a wrinkle into it, Demoris? Why not? Let's just complicate this whole damn thing. Uh, but I don't... <laughs> I don't know. There's really nothing that he said that's going to be anything damning. It's just... It's all posturing. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's it an attempt at posturing. I, I, there's, there's really... <laughs> Let's look at this from a, a team perspective. You're the Saints. They're uh, what? Over by, what was it, 70 something? A shade under 70 million. A shade under 70 million. DeMorris, I don't care what you say. They have to get under that dollar value. And if they don't, they're going to start accruing. I, actually, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what happens to a team that doesn't. I don't either, honestly. I, I think it's just. No, you have to get under it. So by default, they're going to have to get under it. And look, there's a couple players that are going to get high ticket dollar money. And, and one is Dak Prescott. And maybe you can look at maybe Allen Robinson. And there's a shot that Bud Dupree gets a premium um, – dollar value for his uh for his next deal and there's a few here and there but realistically like after that after the really top end it, it i mean the dollar value is going to be down because teams aren't going to have what they want to spend and and demoris can spin it any way he wants about well the teams are colluding to try to bring no the dot the the salary cap is what the salary cap is if teams don't have the money to spend, I'm sorry. They're going to offer you what they can afford, and that's just the way life is. It will it go up? Sure. Um, probably maybe next year, but definitely the year after that, I think. I think this is more of – because I, I, I wanted to – and I meant to send you a, this link. I could have sworn it was like three or four days before I sent you this that there was uh, rumblings about Demar Smith being out at some point as the um oh, i didn't uh, see that I, I i don't remember where i saw it i know i saw it but i don't remember where i saw it and i don't remember what was said on it but when i saw this i remember i remember reading that and be like is he trying to like save face or is he trying to like save his job realistically he's just a figurehead for the NFLPA. So. Right. Well, it, it, and I, I think that's, that's why earlier in the week they came out with the, with the hard floor at 170 for the cap. Right. Which means teams have to spend at least $170 million 
uh, and, and the the max is 180.5 million. As of now, I don't actually think that's the finalized number. I think it could waver slightly, uh, but that's what we that's a number we've been seeing for the past month or so. Uh, I, I looked, I did look it up, uh, yeah. and this is this is from Wikipedia, so take that for what it's worth. Right. Uh, it says here the NFL cap is a hard cap that teams have to stay under at all times. So, like I said, take that with a grain of salt because if they stayed under at all times, you wouldn't have teams in the situations they're in right now. So there's already some some shaky information there. But apparently penalties for violating or circumventing the cap uh, include fines up to $5 million, cancellation of contracts altogether, uh, or loss of draft picks, which would make sense. Um, so I don't know about the contract cancellation because – there's a lot of a lot of language in those contracts, and say, say they go to the Saints. Oh, you have to cancel your five, your five most uh, lucrative contracts. Right. Okay, well then they just screwed over the players who got the money because of the and it's like now Michael Thomas ends up getting his contract canceled. It's not like he won't find anywhere else, but no, I don't know. It's um, I'm not so sure about the contract cancellation one, but I can definitely see the fines, uh, and. And draft lots of draft pick eventually, for sure. Absolutely. I can definitely see that. Here, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, it's I can understand uh, Demar Smith. Look, it's his job is to kind of say things and look out for the players. I get that. I don't have any problem with that. I know I joked about him being, you know, not agreeing with what he says and everything, but I do agree with that. That's good. That's what you have to do. That's the position you're in. This. Nothing going on is going to affect your top line for agents. No. Uh, Aaron Jones is not going to make any less money. Dak Prescott is not going to make a dime less than he would have any other year. If if Dallas has to cut players, they're going to bring back Dak for $40 million per, and if not that, then close enough to it with incentives. This is going to hurt people. Like someone who texted me right before we started recording here today, the Vikings cut Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph, tremendously talented tight end. I would love to see him in a Pats uniform. Kyle, if you're out there listening somewhere, hey, buddy, come on. You look great in a patch jersey. Um, but DeMora Smith saying things like this, like, oh, uh, agents have to collude in order uh, to make sure salaries stay high and they're not driven down. Well, if, like you said, if the money's not there, the money's just not there. So if a team wants to go sign Kyle Rudolph and say, hey, look, Kyle, we'll give you uh, – he's been with the Vikings for 10 years. He's not, you know, he's not over the hill, but he's also not a second-year player. Kyle, we'll give you, we'll give you two for five million, uh, or five million for two years, excuse me, and obviously incentives on top of that. You'll right. get, a, you know, you get a salary bonus or a roster bonus for each game, and you know, if you get certain milestones, you get bonuses as well. Could be worth as much as ten to twelve million. Well, what you could do is you could end up scaring away teams from going with those smaller contracts. And you could have a guy like Kyle Rudolph. I don't think it'll really happen to him. Just an example. But a player like him who's sitting there a week before the season starts going, <laughs> I don't have a place to play because no one wants to talk to me. Because DeMora Smith has these teams worried they're going to have to deal with all this collusion and accusations and and all this nonsense. I think I don't think you'll have many situations like that. But you could. You very well could. We all, if we, 
we undercut this guy. We're going to have to deal with the NFLPA being up our ass. We're not, gonna, we're not even going to deal with that. Forget it. We'll go after the higher price guy. We'll draft somebody. We'll bring in somebody after practice squad. Well, that's what they'll do, Chris. Is, yeah. Is they'll look at and say, okay, can I get Kyle Rudolph for eight and a half over one year? I can't? Okay. I'm the New England Patriots. Okay, I'll just go in the third round or the second round and get a tight end. Maybe he's not as as um, well-versed in offensive playbook in the NFL. Right. But it's a cheaper option. And if the skills are comparable, then it's just a matter of getting him practice time. Game teams and, and then players need to decide, okay, should I just take that one-year deal? And hope that the cap goes up next year. Because I'll tell you this, Chris. I saw a report today that uh, Alabama Crimson Tide are planning on next year full stadium. Yeah. Full stadium. Now, that's Alabama. I understand not every state is the same. But if Alabama is planning on having full full stadium, then and you're talking about it's going to spread throughout the SEC – and now you're looking at the NFL and saying, okay, what states that have major college football teams is going to have uh, NFL teams with state full stadiums? You know, Florida is going to be on that market because, you know, Florida has been pretty open, I don't know, since six, seven months ago. Yeah, been a while now, yeah. Texas is starting to open up. It's like it, it, may, be, it may look great. Uh, for some stadi- stadiums, some cities, some states to open up more. But the problem is the salary cap goes up as a collective. So there may be opportunity next year, but there may not be. And you may have to wait two years. So the, 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 the points you made before on previous episodes where, you know, maybe they go for a two-year deal, whoever it is, a, a Kyle Rudolph. Or uh, a person we're going to mention in a few minutes. It may it may behoove them to just take that two year deal, and then come out of this in two years with the salary cap shooting shooting up to almost two hundred million maybe. And now there's a lot more money in play. So that's what, yeah, that's for sure. Demaris Smith should just be very careful about this time. Period. Because the one thing we talked about a lot last year and, and leading up to to this year, and it's for baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL, is you talk too much money as far as getting nickels and dimes. You start to tune people out because they just don't want to hear it. Right. And, you know, like I said earlier, this is uh, apparently this is Demora Smith and the NFLPA's attempt to push back against teams releasing players with large contracts. Well, like I said, this is just posturing. If a team wants to cut a player, it's within that team's right to do so. There can't, there's, there's no, there's no retaliation that can occur because of that. That's why things like dead cap money and uh, bonuses and penalties are put in place for contracts. Hey, if you sign this guy and then you cut him, it's going to cost you. That's why those things are in place. Like I said, just posturing. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think you're going to see shorter-term, 
lower overall money with higher guarantee contracts, uh, much like the one we're about to talk about right now. J.J. Watt. All that talk we did about going to Pittsburgh, going to Cleveland, going to play at home in Green Bay. Uh, I kind of forgot this guy was only 31. I mean, I know I said it when we talked about him, but it just seems he's been so dominant. It just seems like he's been around forever. Uh, but he is going to spend, likely, at least this next season, the next two seasons, in the desert with the Arizona Cardinals. Did not see that coming. Signed a two-year deal, $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. Exactly what we were both just talking about. Two years. <laughs> if this was a couple years ago, you would have seen two years for 40 something million with 20 guaranteed. And it would have, or 18 or 15 to 20 guaranteed. It had been released after one year or restructured, and he would have spent the rest of his time bouncing around. JJ Watt's smart enough to know what the cap's going to look like for the next two years. Right. So he went ahead and got himself a two-year deal, $23 million guaranteed. Uh, so they're already paying the majority of that, so there's really no point to them not picking up and having him play the second year for pretty much half of what he was going to play for the first year. Because a lot of times, guaranteed money just paid up front. Right. They, they just give him it all because it's, it's guaranteed, so there's no point stretching it out. You'll get that $23 million check, and then the following season, they'll essentially have him for $8 million. So there's really no reason they wouldn't keep him for two. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of contracts like this. Uh, short, few years, lower overall, higher than normal guarantee. Um, I didn't... <laughs> I guess J.J. Watt was in touch with a lot of teams. I even saw on a Patriots website the Pats reached out, but it was nowhere near the... Uh, they, they, they're... Their potential bid was nowhere near the $31 million the Cardinals are willing to give. Uh, I, I don't really know uh, how the Cardinals are going to do this. Because they picked up J.J. Watt, and they just had just over $11 million in cap space this season. And they're going to have to extend Kyler Murray after next year. Oh, they got a fifth-year option on him, so maybe not. But they're going to have to think about that coming up. I mean, they have DeAndre Hopkins they're paying a boatload of money to. They have Buda Baker they just signed to a big contract extension. I say all that to say there's going to be some uh, probably bigger-name defensive players who are uh, very happy about playing with, uh, with J.J. Watt, who I don't think you're ever going to get a chance to suit up with J.J. Watt. I don't think you see Patrick Peterson back with the Cardinals. I don't think you see Chandler Jones who was one of the most excited ones to have J.J. Watt there. I don't think you see them play together on the field. I don't I don't think uh I don't think Chandler Jones with the Cardinals next season. They saved ten they saved ten million in cap just by cutting him. Pretty much what they're gonna be paying JJ. And they're gonna have to sign some other players. I mean they're a real talented team, but they're more than JJ Watt away from being able to compete with the Kansas Cities of the world. No, and I think they need uh Chandler Jones, to be honest. Because you need, you want that pass rush from each side. Now, see, see, this is where I'm confused. Okay, and I, I understand. I kind of talked out of two sides of my mouth last time with the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the their defensive scheme. But I think it, it made sense because of his brother being there, and and I just think he seems like a stealer. But they have 
right now there are 34 defense and I just doesn't I don't think that lends well to that lends well to his skill strength I mean yes he can he can absolutely set the edge but he's also a pass rusher um, he deflects balls he gets up in the air and if you play a 34 defense you're just gap control you're trying to plug holes so your your playmakers can can make plays um and i think i think that that it showed signs for isaiah simmons to increase his role but you kind of need chandler jones there to be that that x factor that guy that gets to the passer because he's a big piece of that defense and you know we i know i i've espoused a, a, a bromance for Isaiah Simmons, but he's not going to be the end all be all answer to the pass rush. Cause he's more of a sideline to sideline cover guy. He can do it all, but you need that guy. You have that guy in Chandler Jones. I just, I think it'd be counterintuitive for their defensive setup to really have Chandler Jones get cut unless they're going to change their philosophy on defense, which means they have to, infuse a lot more talent on the defensive line than what they have right now. You would think if they're going to spend that money to bring in a JJ Watt, they'd be willing to do that. Uh, but we've seen crazier things. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't know. Like, I think you just kind of said it too. I don't know if this is the right move for the Cardinals. I, I don't, I don't really understand. You know, apparently JJ Watt said, he, you know, he he went to Arizona because he believes in Kyler Murray, and I, I guess him and DeAndre Hopkins are still buddies, and which you know that's all well and good and all, but I mean, <laughs> our, you know, the Cardinals might not have Larry Fitzgerald next year. I don't know what that contract situation is, and although he wasn't a stat monster, do not undersell a respected veteran's impact on a team, even if they're not putting up numbers on the field, they are contributing off the field and in the locker room. If he's not there, if Patrick Peterson is not there, which by the account of just about anybody you can ask is going to be the case. Patrick Peterson's not suiting up for the Cardinals again. Not official, but just one of those things you kind of know without knowing. Uh, (laughs) And then so you have your assumed defensive leader and your offensive leader in the locker room, not on the team anymore. You're bringing a new guy who doesn't fit that system. Oh, and by the way, you may have to cut arguably your best defensive player in Chandler Jones because you can't afford him after the contract you just signed to bring in J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt five years ago? All day. J.J. Watt after the injuries is still a monster, but he's not quite that same player. I'd still love him on my team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to deny that. But you're going to bring in a J.J. Watt who's at probably, what, maybe 70 75% of what he was a few years ago? Still better than most at 100, don't get me wrong. But not the beast defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, who terrorized quarterbacks just by looking at him and looked unstoppable. Uh, you're talking about a guy who's who's not that guy anymore. And now you're going to potentially not have your two team leaders and a shy quarterback, people say, has trouble kind of 
asserting himself. And your best defensive player in Chandler Jones, possibly not on the, on the team. Is that like the whole, the whole uh, Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald thing. That has nothing to do with Watt. That was probably going to happen anyways. I, I so would that, say, yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not his fault. None of it's his fault. He signed a contract. That's good for him. But I just think you disrupt your team that much to bring in a guy who hasn't quite been himself the last few seasons. You're taking an awful risk, especially if, you're, if your defense is not what that guy is used to playing. So now you change up your defense to accommodate him and lose talent and expect to just pick up where you left off? I guess a really long-winded way of kind of getting to that. It's like, is the addition worth all the subtractions and the changes? I think it's a hell of a risk by the Cardinals. It is. I, I, I'm just looking at it. Like, realistically, Jordan Jordan Phillips is supposed to be their is their currently their second highest paid defensive player. Do you know what position he plays, Chris? Uh, defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so it's like, but he wasn't great because he on the depth chart he's behind JJ Watt now. So it's it's I'm where I'm getting at is it's very confusing where they're at right now. It's almost like, and I have no problem with this, but it's almost like if you cut Chandler Jones, you're telling Isaiah Simmons, you're the end-all, be-all. You need to make this offense tick. Because if you stay with a 34 defense, you're not going to get the pressure that you expect. And if you get and you let Patrick Peterson go, I don't know who else is going to play quarter. Brian Murphy's okay. You have some math players, but nothing like that's going to scare anybody. Drake Kirkpatrick is a guy that is okay, but never, never hit his, his top tier ability. And we, we've made jokes about Buda Baker. He had his what first interception last year, I believe. Uh, first and second in back to back games. Right. right. So. And, and he's been in the league for five to six years. It's, it's just, I love Isaiah Simmons, but man, you're putting a lot of pressure on him. If you're going to cut Chandler Jones and you're going to keep a base 34 defense, if you switch to a four, three, I can get on board with this because now you're, now you're lending more of JJ Watts, uh, uh, pass rushing ability and deflecting ability to disrupt the passer. And it doesn't make it so much a need to have these all-world cornerbacks. And Buda Baker can maybe make some more plays. Right. And Isaiah Simmons can make some more plays. But I still think you need to have Chandler Jones on the other side to kind of make make it worth it. Because Chandler, it's just JJ Watts is getting to the point where he's going to need to not have double teams, otherwise he's going to be ineffective. Well, have, have, just on a closing for me as far as J.J. Watt goes, just just to be clear, uh, despite everything I said about it maybe not being the best move by the Cardinals, I am a huge fan of J.J. Watt, uh, the player and a human being. So, I, I mean, no, no, nothing disparaging about him, just simply on the field numbers. I do also take into account <laughs> he played on a Texans team that was an absolute mess 
the past couple seasons. Uh, and the one thing you never have to question about J.J. Watt is his effort on the field. So, look, you got some defensive players on the Cardinals that, that might match that intensity that he has, and it's it's a more well-structured team. Who knows? You could see a resurgence to the J.J. Watt of old. Like I said, J.J. Watt at 75% of what he used to be is still better than most players at 100 today. So, we shall see, but... I got a question if it was the right move by the Cardinals, given their cap situation and and the future of their team. But as a wise man said, that's why they play the games. So, all right, moving on. Alex Smith, great story. Uh, twenty twenty NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, led the Washington Football Team. To a playoff berth, unfortunately, he was not able to compete in the playoffs, which sucks for him. Uh, but he's going to be released by Washington. Not really a surprise. Uh, his, his contract is rather hefty. He's not the future of the organization. He's getting up there in age. He never was a huge stat quarterback anyways. So, I mean, they want a guy who's going to be able to drive the ball downfield along with what that defense they're building down there in Washington. They're going to have to bring somebody else in, draft somebody, whatever. This was kind of – this is like the least surprising move <laughs> as far as releases go of the offseason. Um, and Alex Smith has said he, he's not really sure if he's even going to play anymore. He, you know, he busted his ass over the course of two years, made that great comeback, uh, hell of a story. I admire the hell out of the guy for – all the work he put in, uh, but he may just hang it up. You know, he proved to himself, his kids, his wife, everybody that matters to him, he can do it, and that may be enough for him. And if that's the case, nobody could blame him. I certainly couldn't. Uh, congratulations on the comeback and a very inspiring story. And, uh, you know, thanks for your entertainment over the years. However, if he does decide to play, we're a good fit. I mean, it's got to be a team that is built right now to win. That's that's there's I know that's kind of a dumb statement, but realistically, if that's I'm true. the Dallas Cowboys oh. and I can't make it work with Dak Prescott, Alex Smith could probably make it work to a degree. Yeah, maybe you better have, than Andy Dalton. Better than any Dalton, because you yeah. have CeeDee Lamb who can make plays on his own. You just got to get on the ball. Right. Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper. He's an enigma. So he, you throw him the ball, you don't throw him the ball, he's not going to really care too much. And no, no one's a greater friend to a quarterback than a great running back. And I think if you have a better quarterback like an Alex Smith over an Andy Dalton, I think you'll see more production out of Zeke. And you still have Michael Gallup, who might not be the target. Uh, this might not be the offense he would want to play in because he's more of a downfield guy, and Alex Smith probably can't get the ball down the field as much as he used to. That being said, I think that would be a good fit for Alex Smith if Dallas and Dak couldn't make it work. I have, I have two. Uh, I'm only gonna I'm only gonna name one right now because our last segment of the show is actually gonna be 
our top five teams that need to resolve their quarterback issues. Uh, and he is the team I'm going to mention. He is one of the options, but uh, you know, in order for this segment to work, I kind of have to let the cat out of the bag on that one. <laughs> I say New England. I know you said ready to win now, yeah. and they're not. You know, they're not the dominant team of the you know the past twenty years at this moment. However, all the key opt outs we we talked about that opted out before the season because of COVID have yeah. all announced they're coming back. You're gonna get Dante Hightower back. You're gonna get. Uh, uh, Chung back. You're gonna get uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Cannon. 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 Yeah. Off- offensive line help. He's rumored to be a cut candidate, though. Okay, but you're still gonna get some major impact players back. True. You have the third most cap space. You have the 15th overall pick. I know Alex Smith would love a championship before he retires. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I also don't think he would mind getting paid three to four million dollars a season for the next two or three years to kind of sit there with their clipboard and help some young guy along and come in if something happened you know if something were to happen obviously uh i I don't think if you see the patriots go after um kind of a reclamation project quarterback if you see them drafts mac jones trey lance whoever uh some people are saying justin Fields is going to fall to the 20s oh if I only. mean, if he's They're there at 15, yeah, dude. If he's there at 15 and the Patriots Patriots don't say his name, it's going to be really hard for me to deal with. Let me be very clear, Chris. If if it if it gets to 15, he's there, you will have a sound bite like no other <laughs> if they yeah. don't take him. Yeah, from you and me both. We're going to have to separate the audio so we can both yell at the damn, the damn computer. Um, I, I think he'd be fine going to a place where he can be competitive. Yeah. There'll be a chance to coach somebody along and make an impact. Uh, as well as I think the organizational structure is important to him. Few teams, despite what people may think of them, have a better organizational structure or front office build than the New England Patriots. That's why they've stayed stable all these years. And, and to actually enhance your point, Depending on how much he would want, if if he wanted that three to four five million dollars, because he's not looking for a lot, that might open the door to David Andrews and Joe Tooney coming back, right? Who are two huge free agents for the Patriots' offensive line. Not to mention, if if they make the money work and they feel he still has it, then you could bring Marcus Cannon back, and now you have Isaiah Wynn. And Illuminar, Illuminar, no, not uh, Owenu, uh, that they drafted last year from Michigan, and you have some depth behind. Now you have, now you have six to seven, eight offensive line. Now you've got something brewing there. You but, have, you have, you know, you have a good line. You have good running backs. Right. Your running game's pretty solid. Uh. You have, um, you know, you need a little help at linebacker with the draft through free agency. Oh, absolutely. I think even if they do end up trading Stefan Gilmore, I think the cornerback situation is a lot better than people think it's going to be. The secondary is still going to be good. I think the McCourty, McCourty's are coming back, I believe. I don't know if they've officially announced it yet. Kyle, yet Duggar, Kyle Duggar looks 
great. Chung will be there. Like, there's going to be a lot of really key positions on this team that are a lot better off than they were last year just by the people coming back from the opt-outs. And then you have all that cap space. You have the 15th pick. It could be a really intriguing destination for a veteran like Alex Smith who may just want to be able to sit there, stand there on the sideline next to Belichick, and be like, oh, yeah, I'll go tell the kid what to do. <laughs> sure, where's my check? Plus, there was a gentleman who was cut today at linebacker that may want to revisit uh, some of the good old days in New England. Oh, yeah, Kyle yeah, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I didn't last too long down there, huh? No, no. I was kind of stunned, but... That's how you know it just wasn't working, right. that he worked well within the Patriots system and not the same anywhere else. He wasn't the same player in Detroit. He went to Miami. It was, I mean... It was a big free agent contract for, right. for a Kyle Van Noy where he was drafted and who he was coming into New England. But it wasn't monstrous. And the Dolphins have cap room and they're still like, you know what? We're good. We're going to move on. It's kind of telling you it wasn't working with him. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, I think I think we've talked about um, at least the first Miami game. It just didn't seem like he was there. And it was semi-disappointing because you know, sometimes you want to see these guys work out, but... Yeah, I just uh, anytime I saw the Dolphins, it's just where's Kyle Van Noy? Like he's not popping. He's not. He's not. We're not seeing what we saw in New England for what three three years? I think it was. And, yeah, and we've seen him before. Was it uh, who was it last year or two years ago? Excuse me. Came back. The guy went to Cleveland. Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Yeah. Jamie Collins, who by the way had a great year in New England or a year and a half in New England right. when he came back, and then how much did you hear about Jamie Collins in twenty twenty? Uh, unless he opted out and I wasn't aware of it. No, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Uh, that black hole of competence. Uh, and <laughs> same with Van Noy. Like, you never said, where's Kyle Van Noy when you're watching a Patriots game? He was everywhere. You knew how to use him in the system. And, you know, no knock on him. He got it, you know, he got his contract. A nice chunk of guaranteed money came along with that contract. And he got cut, and maybe he can come back home for, uh, you know, a decent... A decent chunk of change. Yeah. And uh, get the Deion Branch treatment. <laughs> the Jamie College treatment. Hell, you know what? Chandler, if Arizona cuts you, come back home, buddy. Come on. We'll, we'll take. We'll even give you more than we were going to before. Come on. I, I, we got, we got the sure. cap room now. Come home. Come home. I'm sure Bill could make it work. Uh, it'd be really, it would be really interesting. That's all I'd say. And Dude, this team has no long-term contract signed. And they have $63 million in cap space this year. They can make some moves. They can. That's why That's why there's opportunity this year. But um, uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see because we're coming up on 13, no, four, 12 days till the, the tampering, legal tampering period. So, tampering, collusion. NFL has some really weird terms for things that are appropriate. Right. Um, so it'll be it'll be very interesting because we're starting to see those cuts. We we yeah. we, you know, we high pointed a uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Van Noy. If your name uh, is Kyle, you had a bad day. Uh, there and there's going to be some more. There's rumors about about other players, and I, I'm just waiting for the floodgates. I mean, I saw David Johnson reworked his contract to stay in, yep. in Houston. Yep. It's like, and and there's the big. Um, you're gonna see Cameron Jordan cut, and and there's no way he doesn't get cut from the Saints. Yeah, and and then you're gonna see you're gonna see uh, the the big deal in Pittsburgh with 
Roethlisberger, is he going to restructure? Because Pittsburgh doesn't ask to re- doesn't do restructures that often. According to the team owner, they talked to Roethlisberger, and he said he's very he'd be happy to restructure. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. So we'll you know, and I'm sure there'll be some uh, financial assistance on the back end of that deal somehow. And Henry Anderson just got cut by the New York Jets. That's oh. <laughs> that's pretty much that's like live as of right now. So breaking news it, it, from it's, Ben's computer screen. There you go. We so it, 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 it's going to get real interesting as we keep coming up to this this big big date where they have to be under the cap. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you're not <laughs> you're seeing some of the teams that really really need to do it, and I understand the whole post June first cut. Uh, to the pre-June first cuts, it's the same with trades and, and restructures and all that stuff. There's some teams like the Saints that have a lot of work to do, and you very well could see <laughs> several major, major players on that team cut. I mean, there's things they could do too, like uh, who's a good who's a good young corner for them? I keep forgetting his name. For who? Uh, Saints. Uh, Lattimore? Lattimore, yeah. Lattimore. You know, he's. they could restructure his deal, give him an extension, and then they wouldn't have any dead cap, and they'd save millions of dollars in the cap this year. That makes sense. They probably want to extend him anyways. Uh, And they're going to have cap room next year. There's other players. It's just not feasible. They're going to have to cut him, and they're going to have to take more dead cap. They put themselves in a really, really bad spot, and I still would not be surprised to see a Michael Thomas trade. I really think that could happen. Uh, it, it'll still be a dead cap hit. I'm not sure, honestly, if they can work around that in, in, in trades or not. Uh, it may just be the way it is. But you could see some big-name players. I don't think you'll see Kamara go anywhere. But there's a lot of money. $70 million is not something you can just move around with ease. Chris, and, it will be a <laughs> post-June 1st trade, and it'll make it'll make it very... <laughs> Uh, it, it'll be better for them to do a post June first trade, although trading him right, but then they're not under the cap before free I know, agency. I know that's post, the only thing. Like if they're gonna do that, they have so much to do. Pre June first, they would their savings would be negative one point two million dollars. So, although <laughs> it, it does solve a lot of their problems. That being said, they still have problems. Although realistically, at one point last year, the Chiefs had one hundred and seventy seven. Dollars, not, right. not not million dollars, in, in in cap space. And then when do you know they re-signed Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones to massive contract extensions, and somehow have cap room this year. So I don't know. The Saints could turn around and release a third string offensive guard, and all of a sudden be twenty million under the cap. <laughs> it's a fickle thing that NFL salary cap. And there's a lot of ins and outs, and uh, you know we could explain it to you, but the truth is we just don't understand it all ourselves. Ben's a lot more versed in it than I am, but uh, even then I get it wrong. I just I think there's even things as much as Ben knows about it where he's just like I don't what the hell. So speaking of salary caps, the Baltimore Ravens are going to have to be a little bit more careful with theirs. They want to bring in Lamar, uh, bring in keep Lamar Jackson long term. Uh, apparently, the two sides have been discussing an extension, and they are not close. Uh, I don't exactly know what that means. No financial terms on either side were, you know, brought to the front. But 
you'd have to assume there's no way Lamar Jackson with an MVP award and a playoff win now. There's no way he doesn't want Deshaun Watson money, Russell Wilson money, uh, what Dak Prescott's going to get. He's going to want at least that. I mean, am I off base here? Or do you, do you, it, <laughs> he's going to want close. Like, that's that's just being honest. He's going to want close. He's he's the, the, the difference between Mahomes and uh, – the obvious difference between Mahomes and Lamar is the playoff success and the, the Lombardi trophy. That's the difference. And that could be the difference between him getting uh, within 10, 15 million of, of Mahomes' deal and 50 to 60 million. Like, it, it's, it might just be all about the AAV. It may not be about the total value. Because I don't think, if I'm Baltimore, I'm not signing Lamar Jackson to a 10 year deal. That's just not going to happen. No. But is he going to want that 45 AAV and the signing bonus and the guaranteed money? Like those are the big things, and I just don't. So, so here's the top five, Chris, in in dollars for starting quarterbacks. Ooh, can I guess first? Go ahead. Obviously, we got Patrick Mahomes. Right. And we'll have Deshaun Watson. Correct. Uh, Russell Wilson should be three. Correct. Is Aaron Rodgers four? Uh, no. Ah. Aaron Rodgers is fifth. Oh, okay. So fourth. For now, fourth is Roethlisberger. Okay. Okay. For now. So you look at that, right? That's your top five. Yep. Except for Deshaun, they all have Super Bowl rings and multiple appearances. And then you get the Jared Goff, who has an appearance but doesn't have a ring. And then you get to Kirk Cousins, which we've already discussed. Kirk Cousins, what he is and what he isn't. But you're looking at thirty-three to thirty-nine million dollars. <laughs> what he is is overpaid. What he isn't is good. <laughs> but you're looking at thirty-three to thirty-nine million dollars for for Lamar Jackson, because Russell doesn't have a, a, an MVP. Roethlisberger doesn't have an MVP, but Aaron Rodgers does. It's all about what he has. All three have rings. All three have rings. And maybe Lamar tucks one in this year and gets a ring. I don't know. But I think, and I agree with the assessment, that you need to see another year. You need to see that evolution. And it's not just on Lamar. Let's remember this. This is on um, Greg Roman. This is on John Harbaugh. You guys got to evolve the offense. Unless you're going to do what I suggested, what was it, like two or three weeks ago, is go get another tight end. I don't remember who I uh, suggested. Um, yeah, I don't remember, but I, I, remember, I remember liking the suggestion, but I don't remember who it I was. I don't remember who it was. Uh, it may have been Hunter Henry, but I that don't sounds about That sounds right. But unless you're going to do that, and now you've, you've pigeonholed Lamar Jackson to needing three NFL caliber tight ends, Unless you're going to do that, you need to involve the offense. You know, in Hollywood Brown, is he that answer? Was that a mistake? I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think he's going to be. He's not number one. You know, he, he's not. No, he's not Devontae Adams, but he's talented. And I think, like you said, if you can rework the offense to use him in better ways, why does his speed only have to be used up and down the field? 
Why can't because it be that's side the way to they side? Use it. That's I get the it. They... But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if they should alter that so they can use them side to side, they can put them on some slant routes. Why not put them in the slot? I mean, why did, you know, oftentimes in, in football, in a lot of sports, actually, players kind of get pigeonholed as this is what this guy does best. So this is all he can do. I very much think Hollywood Brown could be used far better than he has been. This, look, I know it's going to be frustrating for, 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 for fans of the Ravens because they want their guy. They want their guy long-term. Right. The Ravens, whether you're a fan or not, are not a stupid organization. They are not just going to go over the top and pay somebody if they're not certain. Whether it's Lamar Jackson or not, they're not going to do it. Do I think he ends up signing an extension in Baltimore? I absolutely do. How he plays this year will determine that. Like you said, he comes out this year and he plays his ass off like he did during his MVP season and they win a Super Bowl. I think Lamar Jackson gets a contract in terms of the average annual value close to Patrick Mahomes. It won't be a 10-year deal. It'll be four to six tops. But you'll see it because they got their guy. They made the adjustments they needed to. He made his adjustments. They've seen he can bring them to the promised land and come through in a clutch and win it. He'll get that money. I think worst-case scenario for him, he has another year he had last year where he's still learning, but he looks great. Then he gets hurt, or excuse me, he got COVID. And then... He comes back, and you can very much tell that's a team that relies on him at quarterback. And they win a playoff game. He still looks good, comes through in the clutch, puts up good numbers, uh, and he gets an average annual value of somewhere around like an Aaron Rodgers or uh, a uh, Russell Wilson, which, again, <laughs> not going to be hurting at all. He's still going to be in the 30 to 35 range. But this is smart. This is smart by, I think it's good for both sides. I think the biggest, I think, I think there's one big concern you have to highlight though, is that Orlando Brown wants out. So instead of having your bookend tight uh, tackles, one of them wants to go because they, you know, you have Ronnie Stanley, they signed long-term and he plays left tackle. And he went out this year. Uh, I don't remember what it was for. I don't think it was COVID. I think he just got injured. And they slided, slid Orlando Brown over to left tackle. And now he wants to play there. Why he wants to play there is probably, well, from what, I can, what I've read is comfortability. But there's also the big factor. Which tackle gets paid the most, Chris? Usually a blindside tackle. Right. But, and more often than not, that's a left tackle. Right. And that's what he wants. But he is also, it's a level of comfort for him to play left tackle because that's where he played in, in college. So that's the one thing you have to remember, too, going into this season is, is Lamar Jackson going to have two Pro Bowl caliber tackles? Or is he just going to have one? And how much is that going to affect? And, and again, it's evolving the offense. What kind of tight, what the tight end situation is. Right. And now we're shifting from a Mark Ingram-led backfield to now a J.K. Tobbins led backfield because Mark Ingram is gone. Yeah, I think, you know, I, 
Like I was going to say, I think it's smart. Baltimore cannot just throw a blank check at him and say, okay, whatever you want, Lamar. That's not how the Ravens work. They're a smart organization. And they saw the MVP year. Yep. But not taking anything away from Lamar and his athleticism, the league hadn't seen anything like him since, I, I can't stand him, but he was athletically talented since Michael Vick. Correct. Uh, and I would, I would even venture to say, pure athleticism, Lamar might have Michael Vick. I mean, yeah, that's, I a, so. that's kind of a 1A, 1B situation. It's not like, oh, he's so much better, but I mean, he may have him by the slightest of edges. And I think when you get that close, it's a matter of opinion, honestly. But uh, they they want to make sure before they mortgage the next four to six to ten years of their franchise's future on this guy, which Lamar is the real Lamar. Is it the Lamar who lit up the league two years ago? Or is it the guy who had a real nice year last year, but didn't come through nearly at the rate he did two seasons ago? You kind of have to have the icebreaker. You have to have this season. They're not over the cap. I believe they have something like 16 or $18 million in cap room. They'll yep. just go up next year. They're not in a bad cap situation. Somehow, I figured with all the, all the talent on that team, that they, they'd be in a really bad cap situation, but they're not because, as I've said before, they're a well-run organization. They're smart, uh, and they're going to see what they have. And this is also good for Lamar Jackson because, look, even if he goes out this year and, and he gets hurt, I'm not going to wood, not trying to jinx the kid. I love watching him play. You think if he comes back the following year, even if the Ravens were to cut him, you think he just sits there and nobody signs him? No one gives him a chance? No. Not no all. way. He's still going to make his money. He's still going to be fine. And maybe $10 million a year instead of 30 or $40 million a year. His athleticism is going to make him enough money for several lifetimes. He's going to be fine no matter what. If it works out, best case scenario, he gets close close to Mahomes' money in, in the neighborhood. Like I said, for a shorter time period. But average annual value, close to the same. Worst case, I don't know, what? He makes 10 to 15 to 20 million a year. I mean, for the next four to five years. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the worst case if he ends up not being able to develop and evolve as a player. I don't see that happening. I think he comes out. They make the moves they have to make. They didn't build the offense around this guy for nothing. They do what they need to do. I'm not going to go on a limb this year like I did last year and say they're the best team and they're the team to beat. This is the team that still has to figure itself out a little bit. But there's a lot of talent there. And you're going to see Lamar Jackson comes out, plays the way he did two years ago. And we're in week eight, we're in week nine. You're going to see that extension. I think I think we're looking at on the heels of last year and how the offense had a disconnect in the passing game. And it was just, I, I think it was most evident against the Patriots where in a clear day, no weather, no nothing. The Patriots probably get rolled in that game. But, probably. Yeah. Honestly, but because it was such a, uh, a nasty game, weather was horrible. And even with the great fields that they have nowadays, it's still weather is weather. It's the great equalizer. And when it comes to weather, it's about preparation. And if you're running the ball like they they try to, and, and Lamar just – he just can't – like there's just – it's I don't know if it's he can't or they're not letting him. So 
I think this year has to be the year where they say, all right, kick gloves are off. We're going to go out and spend a little on a receiver because are they going to invest 14 to $16 million in Matthew Judon? Is it worth it? That's a great question. They gave uh, him the, they gave yeah, him the franchise know. tag last year, and now are they going to give it to him this year? They got some guys coming off the books next year that are kind of not older veterans, but veterans that maybe they'll move on from. I think I think this is the time where you look at that free agent market and say, let's go get our number one, whether it be um, Kenny Galladay or Godwin. Like, go get one of those and say, all right, here's your guy. You've got your two tight ends. We'll draft you another one. And we'll get you a, a, another tackle. Because we're going to trade Orlando Brown. You're going to get a first-round pick for him because he's a very talented kid. Very oh, yeah, young. For sure. So, and it may be a late first-round pick, but hey, nonetheless, it's still a first-round pick. I think this is the year you kind of have to push the chips in on the offense and see where it's at. Because you're going to have the fifth-year option next year. They're going to pick it up. That's, that's not even a question. They're gonna oh, no, for it. sure. Yeah, that's not, yeah. So, it's really about this year is – Where's that next step? Because then you can say, all right, this is he's taken another step with the offense, and our passing game has opened up. Now we can really open it up the following year. Oh, no, by the way, here's your contract extension. <laughs> Just picture us three years from now sitting here saying, we picked up his fifth-year option. He played that. They franchised him year one. Are they going to franchise him again? That won't happen. I don't think it'll happen. But That won't happen. Yeah, they're, no, they're bananas. not. It's, no, it's if this kid can learn, and he started doing it the end of last year, which was nice to see, to avoid taking hits. Yep. Uh, just get a little bit more accurate in the passing game, which he did. He did tremendously from from year the end of year one when he looked awful to year two. Uh, he's not a terrible passer if he can work no. on that. If he can make <laughs> if he can make the jump accuracy wise that Josh Allen did from year two to year three. <laughs> it just yeah. needs he will get Mahomes money. Well, but look at the 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 parallels, Chris. What did the Buffalo Bills do to support Josh Allen? Oh, they went out and got him. Uh, they went out and got him Stephon Diggs. And, but then before that was Cole Beasley. Yep. And John Brown, and they drafted some decent tight ends. So it, it was just it was layers they built, yep. and they kept saying, "Okay, we're going to give him more." Okay, he needs more, but he's showing that we have this ability. It's an evolution of the offense. It's what you want to see in Baltimore that we saw in Buffalo. Oh, you get him another tight end and, and, and a good – doesn't even have to necessarily be a Godwin or, or, or Galladay type of receiver, but a somebody close to that talent level Yeah. and another tight end along with Mark Andrews and keep that line intact and J.K. Dobbins is as good as we all think he's going to be. Uh, Lamar, he's going to have all the tools to work with, yep. and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see Lamar flopping under those circumstances. But while it is, it's also not. Um, before I move on to our, our final segment, it's also not abnormal for a, a team in year three and a star quarterback to be a part 
or not close on an extension when they first start talking. That's not abnormal in the least. No, no, not at all. So as far as I can tell, there's absolutely no ill will or or uh, disdain between Jackson and the organization. It's just, yeah, they're talking, they're not close, and they're going to get close. Seahawks and Russell Wilson weren't close. Uh, <laughs> Dallas and Dak weren't close. We saw how that worked out. So uh, I think the only one that really ever just said, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want is the Chiefs with Mahomes. So. <laughs> they said they said too much for this sign. We're gonna make them the highest paid player ever, because we just like setting money on fire. Uh, well, not the money to pay in him; he's worth it. But the salary cap is gonna be a nightmare in a few years. Anyways, that's not now. Those teams are set at quarterback. We want to discuss the top five teams that need to resolve quarterback issues. Uh, ben brought this idea to me a few days ago. I slightly misunderstood what he meant. So our picks are, we both picked teams, five teams. Uh, I kind of went with one that's an oddball, but I'll explain why. Obviously, that's the whole point of the segment. And you pick the team, and then some players you can see fitting in that role. Uh, They could use those players to resolve their issues. Uh, So we're going to get into it. Uh, We're not going to, you know, we're not going to, deep dive dissect every pick but you know we're you know state the names state the players yeah. we think that'll help and then a little bit and then we'll move on so i'll let you start ben with your indoor sunglasses who do you got number five uh, i'm gonna go at the i'm gonna start at the bottom san francisco i know there's been a lot of talk about replacing jimmy g but in the end i think they're just gonna stick with him i i deshaun's not going anywhere uh, there's no other trades really that I see fit that's going to happen. I don't think the Kirk Cousins deal is going to happen at any time. Uh, I just think it's going to be Jimmy, and that's it. So who's number five for you? Number five for me is the Washington football team. Uh, they, they're they number five because it's not a terribly dire situation. They have $38 million plus in cap space. They do have the 19th overall pick. They did sign uh, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor, Taylor Henneke. Yep. who performed well in the playoff game uh, after they released um, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, thank you. After they released Haskins. Uh, there's speculation you could see some of these guys, these quarterbacks people thought were going to be top 10, top 15, drop down in the 20s or round two. Taylor Henneke, they may think he's the guy, which is why it's kind of risky. They don't know for sure. You really don't know what you have for him full over a full season. Uh, you could also see them draft a guy like Mac Jones. Or go out and get somebody. But I think those guys would be good fits. Henneke already knows the system. Jones, I think if they bring in some more talent around him, would be a fine game manager there. But that's my number five. So someone's been listening to what I say about Mac Jones. I always listen to what you say. I just don't always agree with you. There's a big, there's a difference there, my friend. There's a big difference. That's true. Uh, so number four is uh, actually Washington football team. Um, 100% agree on Mac Jones. Um, does need a few more pieces, but McLaren's a good stepping stone. Good running backs. Gibson's get, Gibson's moving up there. Uh, there's just a lot of good pieces. You need great pieces to really get Mac Jones to that upper echelon level. Plus, you just had. Alex Smith, and it's kind of a good correlation to go from Alex Smith to Mac Jones, I think. Curveball as a veteran guy that may be a possibility is Mitchell Trubisky. 
I think okay. if there's a guy that could get the most out of a quarterback, it's Ron Rivera. And I know he's not really like offensive-minded, but you saw what he did with, with Cam Newton in Carolina. I don't see why not. Uh, number four for you, Chris. Number four for me is my beloved New England Patriots. Uh, I know people are going to say, oh, you lost Tom Brady, and now you had Cam, and he was terrible. You should be one. They're not number one. They're number four because the teams, the three teams in front of them are far, far, far worse off. Uh, they have, I believe they still have uh, Jared Stidham. Yes. Uh, but they are not high on him. And <laughs> No, they're not. <laughs> so all that talk about him being Brady 2.0 going last year was all hype. That was not coming from the team. That was coming from area reporters. Uh, they could bring back Cam. There's been a lot of talk of that. Uh, Belichick and Cam have the, I mean, the biggest player-coach bromance I've seen in this for this team since Randy Moss and Belichick. Uh, you could see a Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't mind that as a fan. I know Trubisky's not great, but he has shown flashes of why the Bears mistakenly picked him at three or two. Uh, you could also see Alex Smith I talked about earlier. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields will be there. Uh, I But obviously drafting a guy like Fields if he is there. Or a guy like Trey Lance. I know you're not psyched about him. No. But, dude, what do you always say your biggest problem with people? I, I, I think well, I think part of your problem is small sample size. Yes. yes. I do like And I agree with that. And I don't know nearly the, the the depth of college football knowledge that you do, but I do like the fact he didn't just operate out of the shotgun. That's he's fair. actually he's actually been under center and shotgun. He can actually do different things, throw from different arm angles, mm-hmm. which proves that I do listen to you and I read a few articles. There you go. Um, but those are true things. I did I did watch a YouTube tape on the kid. That is true. Those are things he can do, and a lot of problems with guys like Jared Goff coming out of college where he just did just. Out of the yep. shotgun. Yep, can't operate anywhere huge. but out of the shotgun. Can't go under center. That's not a problem with him. I'd still prefer Justin Fields. Like I said, won't be there. But uh, this team has a 15th overall pick and a ton of cap space. They can make a move. So while they need to resolve their situation, if they're smart, which they are, they are not completely screwed like most people hope they are. Number three. Number three, I have Carolina Panthers. There's been a lot of talk about Teddy B me move. Poor Teddy this. B. I know. I feel bad for Teddy B too, man, because I, I like what he did. And is it really his fault that CMC was out most of the year? I don't think so. I don't. I didn't see him hit him in the ankle with a pipe or anything, so I'd say <laughs> no. Uh, I think as veteran-wise, it'll be Teddy B because I just don't think they're going to see an upgrade opportunity. That being said, they have the eighth pick. If Trey Lance or Justin Fields drops to them at number eight, mm-hmm. I think they go. I think they'll pull the trigger on Trey Lance because that's where initially I'm seeing a lot of experts leaning towards. I My one issue with Trey Lance is sample size against good competition and just sample size in general. That being said, it's not the end-all, be-all. He can he can be a great quarterback. He could be a good quarterback. Uh, you look at Johnny Manziel. He had a lot of tape. 
lot long and I was in on him. He failed miserably. So it it's not the end all be all indictment for a guy to not have sample size, but I think Carolina probably lines up to Trey Lance a little more than Justin Fields because of what I'm seeing from experts. I personally haven't dug into him too much because there is no real 2020 uh, tape on him. And there's really only 2019, and I'll have to go back and look at that. Uh, I, we, you know my feelings on Justin Fields. I think he's the second-best quarterback, and I don't think he should yeah. drop out of the right. top three. But if I'm Carolina and he's there, uh, I'm making that move. And then if I'm getting one of these guys, then Teddy B. See ya. Number three, Chris. Number three, and we disagreed on this uh, on this team, uh, and it's 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 going to sound kind of strange when I say it, but I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Uh, I know you disagree because you think Deshaun Watson drama is over; he's going to play there, and he very well could. Uh, I think the fact that reports came out that teams are leaving trade offers on voicemail for the <laughs> Texans for uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, uh, but. It's been reported by more than one person. Right. Uh, Deshaun Watson has reiterated uh, publicly, apparently. I have not seen the tape, but he has said to them, and he's had his people tell them he will not play in Houston again. Um, the, I, I guess this is where I kind of interpreted your intent on this list a little differently because – I looked at it as resolving QB issues, not right. who are you going to bring in as a QB. This is the ultimate problem for an organization to have. It's true. You have a star stud franchise quarterback, all world talent in his prime, who, who's going into the first year of his extension. And you don't want to be there anymore because of something you did. And what do you do? You trade him. You will not, I mean, look, you could trade him for a couple of first-round picks, take one of those first-round picks, and draft the next Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Maybe. Not likely. <laughs> not, not with the Texans. Uh, and so you're, you're not, you're more than likely never going to get equal value for him. Not and me. you're certainly not going to bring back anybody of equal talent. So either you have this guy play for you, who has said publicly he doesn't want to play with you, even if he's going to come out and play nicey-nice and say, ah, we resolved it, we're good. The first time they go on a two- or three-game losing streak, it's going to hit the fan again. Uh, they're not If they do trade him, they're not going to get anything back for him that's going to equal him even close. So they have put themselves in a bad spot. They have just under $16 million in cap room. I don't believe they have a first-round pick because Bill O'Brien traded picks like he was passing out water bottles. So, this is a team that, although they have technically one of the top five quarterbacks in the league on their roster and signed, right. they have a lot of issues they have to resolve before they step onto the field. Number two for you. All right. My number two is because I think Chicago has a team that could make it to the Super Bowl. They just have one little, little tiny, tiny problem. 
They don't have a quarterback. Uh, excuse me, sir. They have one Mr. Nicholas Foles. Like I said, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at two options here. I think they could trade for Marcus Mariota. And okay. you could install him into the offense like Mitchell Trubisky. He doesn't. He runs a little bit more than, than uh, Mitch does. Uh, you would need to bring back Allen Robinson. That would be a huge factor right there. But I think it could work. And they can't. Have, they can't franchise tag Allen Robinson, right? Because they didn't draft him. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle Trask in the second round is an option at quarterback. He's not. He's got a lot of talent, but he was very inconsistent at Florida. He had a good 2020 season, albeit, I mean, it's a tw- it was a 2020 season, so you got to take it for what it's worth. But uh, the only the only thing that Chicago fans are going to have a problem with Kyle Trask is that he went to Florida, and that could remind them of one Mister Rex Rosas. What was that? The audio kind of cut out there. What was uh, that? Uh, if you, uh, I said the only issue that Chicago fans might have is that Kyle Trask went to Florida, and that right that might remind them of one Mister Rex Grossman. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All but right. Yeah. He has he has talent. I I will grant him that. Inconsistent over the years, but I do like Marcus Mariota a little better on this team. Number two, Chris. Number two for me is also the Chicago Bears. Um, for a lot of the reasons you just stated, they have they have Nick Foles, who had, the way his contract is structured does not benefit them in the least to cut him, release him. Uh, they are just with their actual like real cap figured in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just under uh, three million dollars over the cap. Or just a little bit over three million under the cap. Excuse me. They have the twentieth pick. So of all these teams that are supposed to take quarterbacks, take all these first round quarterbacks, they're not going to have a quote name player by the time they get to the twentieth pick. Um, they don't have the cap space to run out and get anybody without cutting people. They're going to have to cut some people to get under the cap, and they they they'll be okay. There, that's three million dollars is they they can figure that out in their sleep. That's not a problem. But they don't have the money to go out and really make a move. I like your idea with Mariota. I didn't think of that. There's a lot of talk of them bringing Trubisky back on a one-year show-me deal for cheap money. Let him compete again with Foles. If you're a Bears fan, how psyched are you at that? Another idea I had was maybe Alex Smith. Uh, I mean, Trubisky has, I think, a higher upside. But the floor is so much lower. You're going to get a lot more stability with an Alex Smith. He's not going to cost you a ton in sports money terms. Yeah, he can run that offense. I think you would still need Allen Robinson back because you're going to have, he's going to have to have somebody consistent to throw to. Uh, and you have a good running game, and your defense is really solid. So it'd be the story of Alex Smith's career if he just ended up in Chicago again. Or ended up in Chicago. It'd be the same kind of situation where it's like kind of ball control offense. Really good defense, and just hope it all falls in your court. Right. Uh, but 
Yeah, we 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 kind we 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 agreed on number two there. Who's your number one team most in need of rectifying their quarterback situation? The New England Patriots. Okay. Has to be the New England Patriots. So you're now, the one I was you're the one I was talking about then when I was talking about people think it should be number one. Correct. Uh, so I'm looking at two veterans, and and I tried to step away from the season long enough to see if it's a possibility to bring him back. I know he's doing the media tour and he's trying to say how COVID really affected him. I don't want to discount that because I don't know what it was like for Cam to have uh, COVID. So I think there's an outside possibility to bring him back. The dollar value has to be correct. He can't, If he wants more than $6 million, I'm sorry, it's not. It's not. Well, are you okay with like an, another contract that he had, low money yeah. with high incentives? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He's not gonna be okay with it, but uh, um, he might or, be. Mi- or Mitch Tabriski. I know you brought him up. So here's here's where I'm I'm standing on a, a young kid. Um, I know they don't have a third round pick because of supposed def- or, uh, supposed Spygate 2.0, which we won't dive into, but. Uh, we already did. It's but in they, the archives, right? Uh, but they they do they will have I believe they will have uh, compensatory picks and the fact that Bill trades like a madman, eventually he'll have a third round pick in this draft. I'm looking at the kid from uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, yeah, Mississippi State, uh, Kellen Mod. Looking, they're looking at him between the third and fifth round. He's got some mobility. He's got a nice arm, pretty strong. Kind of reminds you of somebody else. From I was going to say that it's not exciting at all. It kind of reminds me of when I heard Tom Brady would be starting in place of Drew Bledsoe. I was like, oh, great. Okay, but so. you, you have to remember, he went to the same why – why I picked him, Chris, he reminds me of another Mississippi State quarterback that was drafted in the third round recently. That wasn't a big splash, but he turned into a upper echelon quarterback, Dak Prescott. Oh, that was going to guess, man. Sorry, sorry. Oh, you're killing me here. But, yeah, Dak Prescott went to Mississippi State. Okay. So did Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond didn't have a great career, but it was pretty good. And well, I Patrick think- Mahomes' win-loss record in college wasn't great either. So, I mean, that, that doesn't, that's nice to always tell the story. Uh, let me just correct myself real quick. It's Texas A and M, not and not Mississippi State. I, I, okay. That that Kellum I went to, but he reminds me of Dak Prescott uh, a lot. He just not consistent, but has the skill set. He's a big body. He has some mobility, and I think he could be a surprise in the draft. I want to see more tape on him. Before I go all in on the Patriots trying to get him, he's going to be a third-round quarterback. The problem might be is his draft stock might go up, and he's a quarterback. So by default, whatever predictions there are, jump it up about 20 picks because it's a quarterback. Number one, Chris. Number one for number one for me, and it's not even close. Uh, I, I almost didn't put this team on here because they may not have an issue, or they may have a massive issue, uh, depending on if Drew Brees does or does not retire, and that is obviously the New Orleans Saints. Yep. 
Uh, the only quarterback they know is going to be there in 2021 is Taysom Hill, your boy, uh, who I think is a great auxiliary piece. Uh, I, although I did see his contract and what he gets, almost what, almost 17 million with bonuses and everything. That I don't understand. I thought it was way less than that. So I apologize for all the times that said you were crazy for thinking he was overpaid because I thought he was making a fraction of that. Uh, but you have him making 16, 17 million. He's certainly not a guy you're going to go into every game with under center, feeling confident with him throwing the ball 30, 40 times. No way. Uh, Jameis Winston, I thought had a two-year deal. Apparently he didn't. He's a free agent. Uh, and Drew Brees, although he's been posting workout videos saying he's getting in shape, hasn't said anything about returning or not. Uh, you would think he is, but you never know. There's $70 million under the cap. They have the 28th pick. So unless one quarterback, big game quarterback, falls to them, they're going to have a project on their hands that's going to take them a few years to get them where they want to get them. Uh, I guess lump him and Taysom Hill together and see what happens. Although Taysom Hill is only signed through this year anyways. Um, you could try to trade for a guy like Mariota. Maybe Derek Carr. There's kind of debate who Oakland... Oakland. <laughs> Vegas wants to trade. Uh, I don't know why they would trade Carr after, you know... I don't know. You never know with Gruden. That whole situation out there is a little messy. But they, they, they can't go after a big-name impact player. I mean, there's no way. They were posting, they were having, Michael Thomas was posting uh, posting memes of Deshaun Watson. But hey, you know, yeah, that'd be great. That's awesome. Uh, except for the fact that uh, Michael Thomas, if Deshaun Watson's there, you're not. Because yeah. somebody's got to tell him what a salary cap is. And that their team is asininely, asininely over the salary cap. So this... This team is like the teenager that got their parents' credit card and doesn't understand how it really works and was allowed to go to the mall and just no one checked their ID when they tried buying stuff. And now they get the bill and they're like, oh, but I really like this. I'm going to have to return it? Oh, sorry, Michael Thomas. Sorry, Cameron Jordan. Man, all right, whatever. Sorry. Like, that's what this team reminds me of. It's It's... It's absurd how bad they let their cap situation get. As bad as the Eagles situation gets, their front office looks like damn financial wizards next to the New Orleans Saints. Like, they don't have a place to turn. Like, if Drew Brees does not come back, whatever whatever his ability level is or isn't, this team is in a bad, bad way. So, they have a lot to figure out down there. Chris, they have 13 players, 13 players making 10 million or more. Yep. That that is that is just a snapshot of how bad it's going to get. If you just, I. And I by the way, with Alvin Kamara's new contract starting, he's not even one of them yet, and he will be. Oh, that's right. He is. Yeah, he, you're absolutely right. He's at around eight million right now, I believe, and he'll um, be he'll. He's at five. Five, okay. Which is just gonna go up and up and up. But like, it, <laughs> it 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 skyrockets to eleven five next year. Right. So, yeah. It, it's 
Uh, he, he got a bunch of money this past season on the um, the guaranteed money. That's why it's not as much. It's only five million dollars this year, but still, it's gonna skyrocket. And then there's it's. Look, I'm all for spreading the money around and, and kind of building your roster out. But they just they just tried to keep too many pieces. Yep. Too many. And then they, they What do they moved. have to show for it? How many championships? Nothing. They yeah. even Chris, they even moved up, what was it, two drafts ago to get uh Marcus Davenport and he yep. hasn't he hasn't shown much. No. The pass rusher. They're still relying on Cameron Jordan to be their premier pass rusher, who no knock on Cameron Jordan, but he ain't a spring chicken. If this, like, if it wasn't for Drew Brees and a handful of other good draft picks over the years, yeah, this would be a very mediocre franchise overall with a with a lot less to show for it. Absolutely, absolutely. But we'll have to see what happens. Well, anything else? I'm good. All right, that is going to wrap it up for episode one nineteen. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode or past episodes, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook is Ben and Christoph Sports. Or the website, BCTSPod.com. And again, it's that time of the show. Download's still doing great. Really, really appreciate all the support. If you have not already and you feel so inclined, leave a rating and a review. Greatly appreciate it. Tell a friend. Tell someone you don't like. That's fine. It's all the same to us. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.